Greetings to those who watch below. You're probably wondering why this video has appeared. Well, to cut a very long story short, it's been a difficult year. Um, there's been a lot of change in my life, and I finally found the time to come back to YouTube. And what better way to start than with three tales from Paranormal Investigators. Enjoy. Being watched and dragging down the hallway by Enchanted Bunny. Recently, a friend and I began talking about hauntings. I hadn't known him for very long, but as we were getting to know each other, we talked about whether we believed in ghosts. Since I work in a haunted location, I told him that I did, and he told me about the house that he lives in. And of course, I had to have a look for myself, particularly as an amateur paranormal investigator. To start with, he told me that an elderly relative of his, who owned the house and passed away, remains in the house. She doesn't like it when people leave lights or appliances on, and will often turn them off if they are left unattended. She is generally quite good-natured, but if someone unfamiliar to her doesn't follow her house rules, she can be known to show her displeasure. For example, she absolutely hated people smoking in the house, especially as she wasn't a smoker herself. Should anyone smoke within the walls of the home, she tends to do things like hide their lighters or cigarette packets from them. They would then be found in really strange locations, like in the bathroom sink or in front of the back door, almost as though she was trying to hint towards shooing someone out the door. She would occasionally call out, usually during the night and normally a greeting, like a hello. As long as someone she is familiar with is in the house, she is generally known to be a happy presence. When it is only people who are strangers to her, she appears to try and ward them off, by aggressively turning lights on and off, rattling doors and windows, that kind of thing. She was such a strong woman when she was alive, that it would appear as though her strength kept the original spirits in the house at bay. She would talk to them in a native tongue, which was French. When necessary, she would occasionally raise her voice and almost sound like she was warning them off. As my friend doesn't actually speak French himself, he couldn't really tell what she was saying, except sometimes when she would swear at them. As her health began to deteriorate, it would appear as though the spirits in the house would then gain some strength, and she wasn't able to control them quite so much. My friend told me that once she passed away, the spirit activity increased significantly. He's not sure if it was initially her spirit, or those of the original inhabitants of the house. It isn't known exactly who the other spirits in the house are, only that they don't appear to appreciate people being in their space. One night, my friend awoke and found four human figures standing around his bed. Frightened, he closed his eyes and reopened them, but the spirits were still there. They didn't move. They didn't speak but he got the feeling that they were very aware of him and were trying to intimidate him. The original idea behind their existence in the house was because, when his relative bought the house, a certain area under the floorboards had been dug up and re-cemented. His relative would often joke that maybe someone buried a body down there. Despite extensive searches, no origin story for these spirits has ever been conclusively proven. Their main target lately seemed to be his new housemate, he would often wake to the sensation of someone sitting down on the end of his bed, 
and a freezing cold chill in the room. He would hear someone talking out in the kitchen, down the other end of the house, and calling out in an aggressive tone, as though they were mad. He would only hear this when he was home alone. Both my friend and his housemate hear the sound of something being dragged down the hallway and heavy footsteps thumping towards their rooms. It doesn't seem to matter whether there is only one or both of them home. It happens at random a lot of the time. Sometimes several nights in a row. Sometimes it doesn't happen for a month. The dragging sound also occurs outside the bedroom windows, as though someone is dragging a heavy bag of something through the backyard. My friend has a nephew, who also stays in the house sometimes. His nephew has reported to him that sometimes objects will be moved in front of him, like TV remotes and glasses. He says that sometimes they try to talk to him, although he has never said exactly what they have whispered to him, only that it scares him and he doesn't want to talk to them. He says that he sees a man standing in the hallway. He doesn't appear to move or react to being seen, He just stands there until the nephew looks away, and then he is no longer there when he looks back. So, based on what he told me, and my love and experience with the paranormal, I asked him if I could stay over for a night or two, with some equipment, and do a little investigating. He agreed, and before I knew it, I was stood in his lounge holding a tape recorder and asking questions. I began with asking who was in the house and why they were there. Almost immediately, a voice came through, saying the name John. There was little in the way of further communication using this method. The only exception was when I asked why they liked to sit down at the end of the housemate's bed in the middle of the night, and the housemate's name was repeated twice. So I decided to change my investigation a little, and try baiting them, by reenacting an event that both occupants of the house told me often triggers activity, having a shower. It had been mentioned to me by both of them, that they would be having a shower, and as they opened their eyes after rinsing off their face, they would see a dark figure on the other side of the shower screen. While this wasn't really something I wanted to experience, I wanted proof for myself that the house was haunted, even if it wasn't proof I could hold in my hand. So, I undressed and ran the shower. After climbing in and beginning to wash, I got the distinct feeling that I was being watched. As my friend had left the house to collect dinner, I knew it wasn't him. I thought perhaps it was just my nerves getting the better of me, so I continued. I rinsed my hair and was about to turn off the water and get out, when I heard a very quiet but definite sound of the handle on the door of the bathroom creaking as though someone was opening the door. I opened my eyes and looked through the screen towards the door and saw a flash of darkness, almost like a shadow running through the room. It was enough that it temporarily blocked out the whiteness of the towel that was hanging on the back of the door. I quickly turned off the shower and stepped out, in a hurry to get dry. As I did, I heard my friend arrive home and call out. After I dried and dressed, I went out to greet him, and he said he thought he saw a man standing in the window as he pulled through the driveway, and wanted to know if his housemate had returned home. We thoroughly checked the house, then called the housemate. He was watching a movie at the time, so we were sure that it hadn't been him. Fast forward to later that evening, I was resting on the couch with my eyes closed, nervously trying to sleep. There was a dim light in the room as the kitchen light had been deliberately left on, 
as I was anxious about sleeping in the house in complete darkness. I managed to doze off after about an hour or so. I kept stirring, my sleep restless, but finally I managed to fall asleep properly. I woke up around 4.20am, woken by the sound of someone calling out in distress. As I opened my eyes, I saw the figure of a man stood in the hallway looking at me. He didn't move, he didn't say anything, but I could hear the sound of someone breathing heavily, as though they were enraged by something. I sat straight up and couldn't take my eyes off of the figure in the hall. I began to shake as I was scared and decided to call out to my friend to see if he was awake. As I called out to him, he turned on his bedroom light, which was down the other end of the hallway where I had seen the figure. The figure disappeared as soon as the light turned on, and my friend came out into the hallway to check on me. I decided I wasn't going to be able to sleep anymore, and figured I might leave, as I was still quite shaken by the incident. As much as I had expected something paranormal to happen, I didn't expect to feel threatened or endangered as I had. As I was packing up my things and getting ready to go, my friend and I were talking about what I had seen and heard. We both heard the sound of someone chuckling quickly, as though they had delighted in scaring me. I left the house in a hurry. My friend continues to live there for now. I haven't returned, and have vowed that I won't. I'm clearly not wanted in that house. I Spent a Night in a Graveyard by Michael M95 I spent a night in a graveyard. Kind of. We actually went on a series of nights, most recently Halloween. Why go to a glitzy Hollywood-induced costume party when you can celebrate it the old-fashioned way with a good old ghost hunt? A proper stakeout with coffee and biscuits. We went well armed with a torch, digital camera, voice recorder, and of course, our own senses and judgement. Probably the most important tool of all, but also the one most prone to error. Amateurish tech by proper ghost hunting standards I know, but you have to start somewhere. This tale comes from the Scottish town of Troon, specifically an old graveyard in church ruins on the outskirts called Crosby Kirkyard. It dates back to 1681, but an older church apparently stood on the site as far back as the 1200s, so we're talking really old here. It was officially closed in 1868, when the town got a bigger cemetery, and the gates have been locked ever since. According to legend, the roof of the church blew off during a storm the same night Robert Burns, Scotland's national poet, was born in the nearby town of Ayr. However, that tale does sound apocryphal and made up. What's more interesting, what's more interesting, is a poem made about the place by one John Lang, alleging it to be haunted by geists and spunkies. Don't just take my word for it. All of this information can be found online. This is a real place with real history. If you know the local area well enough, There are a few ways to get there, the most direct being through the woods. The gate is permanently locked and the wall more or less insurmountable, though there is a way in by standing on a tree stump around one side and mounting part of the wall. A cemetery at night was a petrifying thought when I was younger, so simply being there in the dark felt like something of an achievement. 
The hardest part was probably entering. You're never sure what's on the other side of that wall. I almost had to remind myself that somewhere in here was the resting place of a one-time assassin named David Hamilton. Though most say it was really his brother who was guilty, and that David was just part of the plot. But that's another debate. My photos were fairly spooky in themselves, showing dark trees and ruins looming up against a grey sky, not to mention the jagged metal of the cemetery gate. But there was nothing out of the ordinary, a few dust specks maybe. Then I set down my voice recorder and we exited the graveyard, hoping to pick up something in our absence, and returned half an hour later. Just as the novelty of it all was wearing off, we took a seat on an overturned gravestone, and were staring at the stars when a white streak of light came zooming past right above us. My friend thought that it might be a shooting star, but it seemed much too low and small. Shooting stars travel in an arc, whereas this light just shot straight by in a perfect line. It was weird, and it was about to get even weirder. As we set out on our way home, another one of these lights appeared just over the ruined church, zooming into the tree line. It was lucky I turned my head round at the moment to catch it. I wonder how many lights there were that we didn't see. There was no doubting it this time. It was way too low and minuscule to be a shooting star. I can only describe these lights as tiny white balls or globes, which travelled very fast. Either it was a ghost, or I witnessed a strange light phenomena, possibly something similar to what we might now call will-o'-the-wisps, or something we don't know yet. Maybe these lights were the spunkies reported in John Lang's poem centuries earlier. Spunky is an old Scots word, which basically means a strange light or glowing. The following evening, I listened back to the audio from my voice recorder, all 27 minutes of it, and I did find something, however faint. In between the gentle wind and car noises, is what sounds like a tap, followed by three or four footsteps. I rewound and compared it with my own footsteps at the start of the recording, and the sound was practically identical. I also tried reproducing the tap sound, by touching the screen of the phone and playing it back, and that too sounded similar. The whole segment is unique in the footage. Was it simply another person, you might ask? Well, although a main road runs nearby, barely anyone walks this way, especially at night. It's a bit out of the way. Type in Crosby Churchyard on Google Maps and you'll see what I mean. I think it's a pretty fair assumption that we were the only weirdos going into this place at night. I suppose the likeliest explanation is an animal, but the footsteps sounded too slow and heavy to be a squirrel or rabbit, though that's just my own personal judgement. Witch Hunt by Ghost Hunter This was back when I used to ghost bust with my friends, and was one of the first times that I went ghost hunting. Usually, I would go to this old historical war marker that's just outside my town, that I used to visit during childhood field trips that's 30 minutes out of town. But, there's an old cemetery a few miles down the street that we decided to go to on this trip. I was at my friend Aaron's house playing video games with him on the couch in his living room, 
when he brought up the idea of going on another ghost hunt, which I didn't hesitate to agree to. He also suggested that we bring another person along with us, and since Caitlin, my best friend, was out of town at the time, I chose Brayden. He also didn't mind going since I had recently gotten him into ghost hunting. We all met up at the fanciest McDonald's in town, about midnight, and discussed what we would be doing and where we would go. Aaron suggested we go somewhere different, so I suggested the cemetery down the street from the fort that we usually go to. They agreed, and we were on our way, arriving at the gravesite a little after 2am. The gate was usually sealed off, but there was a low point in the gate that you could literally just walk over. We turned on our flashlights. I didn't bother with my ghost app on this hunt, because it was a new place for me. I liked to just walk around and get the feeling of an unfamiliar territory before I decided upon the app. So, for now, I kept it away and used my flashlight. There were many, many graves. Old ones, new ones. All three of us had split up and went our own separate directions the moment we entered the gate, to cover the whole grounds quicker. I went towards the back, Aaron took the middle, and Braden stayed with their graves along the front of the yard. We wondered our positions, until we heard Aaron call us over to where he was. There were two graves, enclosed in a gate, separating them from the rest. There was a normal-sized stone, and a rather small one. I threw out the possibility of them being the owners of the graveyard, and Aaron quickly corrected me. He started to explain the real reason why he had wanted to come to this specific graveyard, because of these two graves. In the middle of the site. In the middle of the site, but gated off for some strange reason. He had done some research, and discovered that back in the 1800s, a mother was burned at the stake for the assumption that she was a witch and had been caught practicing witchcraft. Her baby was burned as well, for it too was considered a witch, thus explaining the small headstone next to the normal sized one. It was sad just to think about. I felt bad for them. Burned at the stake, it's horrible. After giving my condolences, we all went back to our normal positions across the gravesite. I lingered at them back. There was a crop pasture further back behind where the back of the site ended. Just dirt. You could probably see the first 30 feet of it, and then pitch black darkness due to the lack of light. It was eerie, like looking out into the void. I had walked from one back end corner to the other, when I heard some kind of calm whistle. That's what I thought I was hearing anyway, up until I slowed my breathing and focused my hearing on the dark void in the distance, where the sound it seemed to be coming from. It stopped as soon as I had noticed it, and I called my friends over to where I was and told them about it. I remember Braden snorting at me. You think someone whistled at you? I was too focused on the void in the distance to care about his dumb comment. I felt like there was something out there. I felt it in my gut. Unlike Braden, Aaron actually believed me and said that we should all wait there to see if it happens again for them all to hear. And so we did. We waited a good ten minutes before we heard the same sound, but this time, it was different. It was closer, 
and we could all hear it clearer. It sounded as if it were just on the brink of where our flashlights met the start of the dark void. It was so much closer than before. The thing that made us all stop breathing and moving all together was what the sound really was. It sounded like a woman sobbing to herself. None of us could believe what we were hearing. Surely there wouldn't be a random woman out here in the middle of a huge open pasture sobbing to herself. It just didn't make sense. Yet we were too afraid to move. We stayed as still as we could until the sobbing had an abrupt pause in it, as if we'd been noticed by whoever it was. We were terrified. It was as if we couldn't see it, but it could see us. Aaron had whispered, Guys? And we both turned our eyes towards him. He had the most absolute, freakiest, frightened face that I had ever seen on anyone. It was as if he were looking at it, and we couldn't. The witch. I almost went into panic. Was it possible that he was actually seeing her? Was it really the witch that we had stumbled upon? I didn't know what to do or what to say. Braden was the main skeptic of the group, and he had no words or smart remarks. He just kept his face fixed on the void. We all did. Then. Oh, then. The woman snickered. With that, Aaron bolted towards the car. Braden and I weren't far behind either. It was one of those runs where you're panicked and you can't scream, but your legs do the screaming for you. It was probably the most awkward silent sprint ever, but we were focused on getting back to the car. We were terrified. I asked Aaron the moment I started the ignition and drove onto the street if he saw her, if he saw what she looked like. He said he didn't, but he could feel what she looked like, and it was the most terrifying feeling ever. It was one of those things that you couldn't explain in detail. He said all he saw was images upon images. When we were back at his place and calmed down a bit, we started drawing conclusions, and Braden and I, being the skeptics we were, couldn't find any reason for a random woman to be out in the middle of a dirt crop field crying to herself, by herself, half an hour away from the town. It was illogical. After doing some research about the site, it surprised me to see that there had been a report on the same mysterious crying coming not from the void, but from the graveyard itself. A man and his wife were going to enter the graveyard during the day to take pictures when they heard the crying. It sounded like it was coming from the far end corner of the graveyard, assuming that there was a woman grieving there over a relative or friend. They wanted to let her have her moment, so they left. As they were driving by the graveyard to go back home, however, they didn't see the woman anywhere. They didn't see anyone at all. Was it possible that we had come into contact with the same spirit who was burned at the stake? Did she target Aaron? These were the thoughts that we kept constantly asking each other throughout the night, in hope that the other would have a sure answer for it. The main question in particular was the woman's snicker. It was as if she was laughing at us. Could it have been a trap?
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi again, guys. Thank you so much for watching today's video. Uh, I really, really hope you enjoyed it. It felt great to get behind the microphone again and tell some creepy stories. It's been such a long time. And I really hope that you stick around because I plan on doing a lot more of them. And to ensure that you get my next video, make sure that you both subscribe to the channel and also that you click the notification bell because then you'll be the first person to know when I get a new video out. If you've got a good idea for a video that you'd like to see or maybe your own personal story you'd like to tell me, please feel free to leave a comment in the section below. Also, contact me on Twitter or via my email, they're both in the description box. Also, just so you know, this was recorded on Friday the 13th, on a full moon that's a harvest moon that's not going to happen for another 40 years. You can't get much creepier than that, guys. So, until next time, sleep tight. <laughs>